Hello, everybody. This is Jill Renee Feeler, and welcome to this week's message. I appreciate your being here. I love to share uh, messages and information and insights and fresh perspectives to help us be a version of ourselves that most humans can't even imagine is possible. Um, I know this uh, for myself <laughs> in terms of, well, there's a lot more available. Um, amazing, uh, supernatural, even glorious versions of ourselves that, that we hold the keys to within ourselves. And most humans don't know this. And I have realized that I don't, it's almost like most humans, they don't want to know it. It does put a level, a different level of, when you set that, that type of expectation for yourself of being so much more than you can dream of or imagine or that, you know, people tell you um, it, it's different. It's, uh, it does put a, another element of pressure depending on the type of person that you are. But I do believe that for most people, we shoot for how bar, how high the bar is set. And based on what I experience and I'm shown with my connection, I don't know what else to call it. Um, our bars as humans should be set much, much higher than they currently are. Now, why are they set so low? They're set so low because we are literally coming out of a dark age. We're at the beginning stages um, of coming out of a dark age. And it does make sense to me that some of us literally incarnated to help sort of turn that wheel, to turn the wheel of uh, the ages. The Kali Yuga, we talked about it in the Zion recordings from uh, fall of 2018. Um, that doesn't happen by accident. Those ages don't shift on their own. There are many different energies and forces in play. And this time, <laughs> the, uh, uh, there's a group of humans that are here sort of turning that crank. And it's not with phony illusions of humanity about, about to awaken. It's not with uh, phony illusions that, that earth is ascending um, earth is perpetually ascended. Our eternal selves are perpetually ascended. Um, it's, uh, it's, we have a whole different take <laughs> on everything here. And I'm excited for this message today. I feel the energy of goddess Isis um, along with us here. And I know to anyone that's new here, they're already sort of confused. Uh, you may just want to hang out <laughs> and see what happens here. Um, you might be pleasantly surprised. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Let's do a brief connection exercise. Oh, just relaxing your body and focusing on your breathing. Going within. Closing your eyes. And just imagining a sense of awareness that is beyond your mind, that is beyond your five human senses into a depth of you that is beyond time and beyond space. A timelessness of creator energy. And yet we are doing this from within our very linear time-based humanity. And it's not a trap, our humanity. It's a vehicle. It's a gift that we gave ourselves. It's an expression of our eternal energies. 
to be here where there is a here. It's so cool. Nice deep breath. You're doing fantastic. Okay. Hmm. All right. Okay, so staying right here, let's get started. We've been sharing um, in recent months related to this, uh, this concept of being your one, your individual. Um, it helps activate the personal sovereignty that is uh, sourced in source, in God, in the eternal one, and with the acknowledgement that you are a whole and complete one among yourself as your humanness. That sense of wholeness and completeness is so important because if you don't feel that sense of wholeness and completeness, you will look for it outside of yourselves. You'll look for it in love. You'll look for it in career. You'll look for it in definitions of success. You'll look for it in communities. You'll look for it in movements and activism. You'll look for it in teachers. You'll look for it in teachings. You'll look for it in knowledge. But the sense of wholeness and completeness that, that we are discussing is not something that you acquire in your humanness. It's something you claim while you are human. This is a fundamental of what has been called initiation, ceremony, um, and many other rites of passage sorts of uh, <sighs> training. We've made a radical choice with our sharing as this Jill in that we are trusting that personal sovereignty that is within life. We're not trying to determine as us who is ready and who isn't. We're leaving that up to each of you and your ones. We haven't done it like this before. It further instills a sense of confidence that we have in you and that we love for you to have in yourself. We're not leading you by the hand. We're not treating you like a child. We're not treating you as anything less than the fellow master that you are. 
we are treating you as the whole and complete energy field that you are, not only as your eternal self, but that you also have the right and the privilege to know and be as your humanness. Many of you have probably noticed how few of your fellow humans are looking for that, um, enjoying that. There is so much safety in the idea that someone is leading you, that a fellow human is leading you. But the, the risks of that approach are so great. When you are handing over your authority or your sovereignty, whether you know you're doing it or not, you are putting tremendous faith and trust in a fellow human. And you are giving up in a way your faith and your trust in yourself. This is why some within a community uh, based on enlightenment and ascension and things like that, this is why there is such a preoccupation about the authenticity of the teacher, of the community leader, of the community organized. There's a hyper focus on things like, are they real? Are they good? Are they of the light? Uh, what vibration are they? There's a magnifying glass placed on them. And the reason that that, that level of um, uh, examination is required is because the level of personal authority and personal trust you're handing over to that person. When you instead claim your wholeness and completeness and sovereignty for yourself, you are less concerned about the worthiness of somebody that can assist you. There is a, a trust within yourself that even if there is a flaw, even if there is a momentary lapse of judgment, uh, even if there is a fraud at work in a certain teacher or a certain leader, etc., you're not placing all of your light in their hands. You're claiming it in your hands. And then you're receiving support where you can, and you're not overly bothered about <laughs> where you're not getting it. You're not looking outside of yourself for the homeless incompleteness and you're not leaning on any fellow human to pull you along or help you get across the finish line. The finish line isn't what you think it is. The finish line and the starting gate are all within your one. And you get to move that goal line wherever you want it to be. Even that empowerment is within you. 
the only real competitor you have is you. The you of yesterday, the you of today. As goddess Isis, I had the divine privilege of assisting many spectacular and accomplished and brilliant fellow humans in their acknowledging their inner gloriousness so that they could be something by their standards that was glorious in the world, in the reality of earth from within their one as their humanness. It never even occurred to me as Isis to want to take credit for what they did or didn't do with their one. But yes, the smile on my face when they surpass their own expectations. This vibration of teaching as an advocate, as an advisor, as an ally, as a sounding board of truth and cheerleader. allowed me to take full responsibility for me while offering and supporting the full responsibility of all the ones that I got to interact with. Supporting you to feel responsible for you in what you create, what your goal line is, how high you want to set that bar. That's all up to you how much you'll beat yourself up when you don't make that hurdle. How much you'll be at peace when that, when that hurdle doesn't even look interesting to you anymore, right? How readily you'll pick yourself up when this world feels like it's tossing you aside. How seriously you will take yourself when it feels like no one else is. How resilient you'll feel when the gatekeepers do what gatekeepers do, trying to keep you out. Of whatever it is that you're seeking and desiring to create and explore in your world. I do notice a pattern though. Those that have a tendency to trust themselves in your world tend to create a version of glory within themselves that surpasses almost anyone's expectations, including themselves. There is some sort of inner sense of purpose, value, even greatness, not delusions of greatness, awareness of greatness, 
that is not delusional. It is accurate. So even as my Jill, I am aware of that, that group, those beings that have that inner, inner something. <laughs> now the contrary to that are those that are consistently in patterns of tremendous insecurity grappling with self-doubt, not trusting not only themselves, not trusting hardly anyone. And even those that, those that are less secure, even those that they begin to trust, they are quickly finding reasons why oh, they're not trustworthy either. They're looking for a sense of trust because more than likely they have felt tremendously let down by somebody or by themselves in this world. That system is not irreparable. That system is capable of being released. But it's very, very difficult. The seeds of insecurity and self-doubt are so pernicious within the human energy field. They hide like the like the seeds of addiction in an addict. It never really goes away. The best remedy we have for releasing that paralysis of insecurity and self-doubt and lack of worthiness in self is by setting it to the side and not letting it overtake you. And it requires trust. And that's, it's a circular argument then, isn't it? Pythagoras wants to come forward. He wasn't one of my direct students as Isis, but he was one of my students. And I use that term in a very sacred teaching sort of dynamic where the teacher is not beneath the teacher is not above the student the student isn't beneath the teacher they are alongside each other supporting the mastery in each okay go ahead sir when i made the trip to egypt for the 
lessons that were there for me. I did have the seeds of taking seeds, seedlings of taking myself seriously in a way that scared me. Not unlike you, it, it was very unusual to have a sense of greatness within yourself when you feel like you're surrounded by everyone not taking them seriously, um, that it's, that it was normal in, in that time to hand over authority, to rely on experts, to not expect much from yourself and really not expect much from anyone else either. So I had those moments of, tremendous trust in myself as Pythagoras. But I also did have what, uh, what Isis was referring to there. I had those elements of insecurity. And it was for me based in not wanting to disappoint anyone. Um, hesitation to go beyond what was known, whether it was within sciences or um, specifically mathematics or philosophy. Um, But that's exactly where I wanted to go. I wanted to go beyond the edge. I felt like I was built Um, by myself, I felt like I was built from beyond a sense of my humanness. I felt like I was built for just that going beyond the edge, not just of my own humanness, but beyond the edge of human knowledge and human consciousness at that time. I put a good amount of pressure on myself to do that well. I was in a situation as Pythagoras where there were enough people in my life that that took me very seriously that it actually... Uh, exacerbated the the elements of self doubt and insecurity because I I felt like I there was a huge part of me that wanted to believe that they were right about me that I that I did have tremendous ability and potential and and uh, raw talent if you will natural ability but then there was also a part of me that didn't want to. I think I thought of it as I didn't want to disappoint them, but really I was more disappointed in missing my chance, not being afraid. Um, I was, in other words, more concerned about would I disappoint myself because part of me knew that even those that believed in me and saw my potential, they didn't, they didn't know the half of it. There was even more of a, there was even more than they saw. 
so when I went to Egypt, it, it wasn't what I thought it would be. And my colleagues and allies and I guess teachers, teachers and mentors at the time, they sort of uh, prepped me for that, that it's, it's have a great time. It's not going to be what you think it is. Leave your books at home. All you need is you <laughs> sort of, okay. <laughs> um, I didn't realize that it was going to be such an unstructured environment. I felt like part of me wanted to have my hand held. Part of me wanted to be led through specific lessons and teachings but had I sought a teacher like that or a system like that, I never would have created and realized what I ended up offering to humanity. And it was so much more than mathematics. <sighs> I saw things so differently. I felt things so distinctly, so crisply. The things that I knew and my ideas felt so sharp, uh, so clear, so real. And sometimes the articulation of that was the biggest challenge. The expression of it and the, and the disappointment I would feel when somebody didn't get it or didn't take me seriously. Um, but that's, that's part, of the, part of the job as a pioneer, I guess. So when I took the time, taking time, that's fun when I made the time to really let it all come together in a way that, that I could express written or verbally or pictorially, it was worth it. The ideas mattered. The concepts were meant to be something grand and timeless. And when I did take the time to formulate it in a way where it could sit on its own without me explaining it, without me having to lead someone else by the, by the hand through it, when with the right level of interest, passion, and ability, somebody would, would see the, the mathematical formula or see the, the written expression of the, uh, the idea of morality and values and what is now more fashioned as philosophy, that it, it was so whole and complete on its own that it just felt good to the receiver, like, oh, yes, that's, 
that's timeless knowledge. Timeless knowledge that even if it's on the outside of your field, on the, on, the, on the outside of your current knowing, it welcomes you into that broader knowing and broader sense of truth in a way that it feels effortless. It's just right there, just hand it to you. There's a there's a pattern there, isn't there? When it's when it when whatever is outside of your field that you may be seeking or desiring, um, hungry for, when it's clunky and hard and requires tremendous sacrifice, maybe whoever, whatever offered it on the outside of your field hasn't taken that time that I took. Maybe they're confused and, and yes, they have something there, but there's something about their offering it that is just off. um, Or they're not living up to their own version of greatness. And I don't say that with judgment. Maybe I say it with the, encouragement because every human has the seeds of greatness within them and very few will live up to that potential especially in the age that you are in I would be so bold as to say that you will never know that greatness the more that you are in admiration of another's greatness without giving yourself the credit and the permission of what makes you grand from the inside out. The type of grandeur that you showed up with not that you acquired here. The lessons and teachings that I acquired in Egypt supported the mastery that was already within me that I incarnated to explore and be and create from. Do you see yourself in that statement? Do you see yourself in the story? What are you waiting for? I would say nothing. I don't believe you're really waiting for anything. But you may think that you are. Now you're in a time where there isn't that structure, that, that uh, place geographically to go and assist you in supporting your greatness, your innate 
grandness. When we all looked at this timeline, each of you as your ones considering the timeline that you're sitting in (laughs) right now, we looked at the structures that would be available for you. We questioned how seriously ISIS could be taken with a YouTube video or an iTunes channel. And we laughed (laughs) at who will find us, who will feel the difference in what we are offering and what we are seeing in you and what we are desiring more than anything for you to feel within yourself. We take you so seriously. We have compassion for what seeds of insecurity you have, but we also don't take them very seriously because we know they're not really in your way. They're just something else to work around. Like mine, they're not going to go anywhere. They're going to be there the whole ride. The sooner you you maybe make friends with them, (laughs) like weeds in the garden, perpetual weeds in the garden that can't really choke the flowers or the, the fruits and the veggies, the beauty. What if nothing is truly in your way? It is scary to believe in your grandness. And it is easy to come up with excuses for why you are not being that now or not allowing yourself to be that. There is no red carpet here for your grandness. Even when it is red carpet worthy, the world is so distracted by its own attraction to the shiny, pretty things, you may be completely ignored. And you know who's smiling with his drink in the corner right there is Van Gogh. (laughs) And Van Gogh just said, it's still worth doing. It's still worth doing. So now maybe you can see with further clarity 
why we talk about all the things we talk about with you on this YouTube channel, on this iTunes podcast. It all fits together in supporting you, this grandness that you are, that you sense within yourself and some of you know clearly within yourself. And when you hear our words, when you feel the wholeness and the completeness of our energy, it helps you feel at home in your gloriousness. So that to us is worth it. You're always worth it. Even if you don't do that great thing, that one big thing that you may be wanting more than anything, your being here is a great thing. Your being you is glorious. Will you leave something for the record here that can stand on its own, like a formula or a writing or some, some physical thing that you can leave behind? You might. And it's okay if you don't. Because you are here and linear, in linear time, there will be a, a were, a past tense, right? You were here. I was there, you'll be able to say. And right now you can use the present tense, I am here. You made a spot for your greatness. What do you want to do with it? Watch out for your own excuses. Watch out for your own insecurities. Be ready to give them a peck on the cheek and move right around them. They are not your children for you to take care of. They are like the friends that you only call so often. Creating a system of wholeness to hold your greatness is in many ways the most important task. By having more clarity about what that wholeness and inherent value feels like, you have a better filter, a better discernment of what is supporting that wholeness and what is distracting you from that wholeness. What is supporting your greatness and what is distracting you from your greatness.
Some of those distractions, just like the insecurities, they don't go away. Some of them are family members. (laughs) And they don't have to go anywhere. None of it is really getting in the way of your greatness. It may be getting in the way of your time. (laughs) You're not missing anything. And you may need to remind yourself of that. Being whole and complete is something that you claim every day. To let your light, your love, your majesty have a home within you. Deep breath here, please. Notice the systems and the support that you have that help you feel the distinction in your one as compared to the so many systems that make you feel like you're just blending into this soup of similarity. The dark age that you're in and coming out of is is not that different than other versions of dark ages where you can feel on purpose in a deceived way, a deceptive way, by making you feel like you're like, oh, well, here you belong. You're just like us. We're just like you. In a way where your greatness is lost. It's forgotten. It's put to sleep for the sake of the community's goals, objectives sense of safety, sense of community. Have you noticed, because we have, that in some of the supposedly enlightened communities, your greatness is the biggest threat? Because in a dark age, A community is based on suppressed greatness more often than not. And there's so many stories, so many well-written, beautifully sounding stories of, of why individual greatness is not celebrated not called for, not seen, not heard. There's like a, talk about a glass ceiling. There's, there's, a, there's a limit. And when anybody uh, spreads their wings a little bit too much, their wings get clipped. They are publicly humiliated in many cases in order to keep the system of community in place. 
So part of the deception is something that sounds like this. We are a special community here that is so different than the rest of humanity. And here you are safe. Here you are valued. Here you are nurtured. And out there, uh, you'll never make it. We don't fit in out there. It's scary out there. It's, there's harm out there. And yet sometimes the biggest harm that happens to those that are sensing their greatness is within these communities that are supposedly made for them. What a tragedy. But it sounds so good. That's why I pointed out that idea of the, the, the filter and the discernment and helping you be more clear with what makes you feel whole and complete in the grandness that you are so that you can notice the difference when you are in any environment that is somehow asking you to be less than your than your greatness some of you feel most at home in your greatness in solitude <laughs> And not with fellow humans, and not in communities, and not in groups. Isn't that ironic? Truthfully, as Pythagoras, I was very much that way. I loved my solitude, and Van Gogh is nodding his head too. And goddess Isis as well. There's such freedom in your one. And when you have an inner world that is so richly satisfying, there is less hunger for being around others. Trust how you are wired in that way. Trust how you are wired in all ways. When do you feel most alive, most free to be, most free to explore and create your grandness? The distinctions matter. To pretend that you're not your own complete and glorious one is like a crime, <laughs> a crime against humanity. Or at least a crime against it's human. It's human. It's one. In enlightenment ages, there is such celebration of each one. There is such excitement about each newborn. What will they be? What will they create? What, what, is, what is the essence of their grandness? Let's all be excited for what, for what that is and what that will be and that it's not one thing, that it's so many different things. 
yes, there are those that choose to specialize. <laughs> but the levels and the variety of greatness within any one and within any human is just so undefinable in all the best ways. If we, if we were to simplify it for you, to give you a, a taste of what that was like, what that will be like, what that is like at, in an enlightened, uh, a truly enlightened age, the crest of the Kali Yuga. It's a celebration of what comes naturally easy and is so jaw-dropping fantastic that another person does. Where, the, where anyone around them, when they do it, they're just like, wow, you were like really good at that. And the, the, the younger they, they demonstrate that, that raw genius, the more trust there is in the, in the witness that they weren't taught that. They brought it with them. It's like the three-year-old musical prodigy or the five-year-old math genius. And that prodigiousness, that genius can sit right alongside flaws in character <laughs> or other sorts of impediments. Um, from what you know as the Old Testament, Moses literally had a speech impediment. He was the most unlikely uh, voice of God that there could be. But his faith was strong and his connection to source wisdom was real in an undeniable way. Well, that's true. Some chose to deny it. They didn't, they didn't want to see. They didn't want to be told there would be rules. They didn't want to know that there would be a system of right and wrong that would matter on earth. So for any of you that are feeling a sense of longing for that enlightenment age. That's understandable. And another way to look at it is that you could say to yourself in the mirror, I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad I am my one. I'm so glad that the light within me and all life matters so much to me, matters so much to source, source that I would even incarnate within a dark age to be this, to be me right now, this me. Not the one after I get whatever figured out, not the one that I want to succeed at X, Y, and Z. The one looking at me in the mirror right now that I should be cheering on 
that I should be taking care of, that I should be loving as the eternal life that I am in a world that has forgotten it is eternally light. And then give yourself a smile, give yourself a hug, and get out there. (laughs) Get out there and be you. Nice. Jill just went through another solar return. Her 49th. Based on what we created alongside her, with her, as her today. I would say so far so good. Still speaking as Pythagoras, I have so much faith in this group. And I always will. You are all unforgettable, eternally worthy, inherently valuable, and you all showed up as a prodigy of light in very real and tangible ways. You don't need to go back to your childhood to get that. You are sitting right where you want to be, in your now, in your present. Nothing has damaged your gloriousness. Nothing has messed you up. It may have distracted you, but none of it is in your way. Absolutely nothing. When you can decide that that's true for yourself, The windows and doorways and gates open up from the inside out, which are the only gates, doorways, and windows that matter, are the ones inside yourself. Open it all up. Letting that light, that timeless glory, eternal wisdom, and cosmic truth stream further from the beyond into the present of your presence, from the inside out. It's all within you. And you get to put it together. You get to experiment with it. You get to create and explore and consider, contemplate, express. 
I'm excited. I'm always excited about you, each of you and your ones. And so it is. Love you so much, brother. I says thank you. She just said to us, thank you. I'm going to end it right here in this space, this silence. It feels right. With love and honor. We'll see you soon.